Hi, everyone, and welcome to season four of the podcast. I'm super excited to be back and to announce that the podcast will now be called the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast to better reflect the subject matter. The first few episodes were recorded before the rebranding, so I still refer to it by its old raw fork name in those. Anyway, I had no idea when I started this podcast that it would evolve to this format, but I did know that I wanted to share people's stories. It has evolved from me reading my blog post out loud to interviewing non-traditional pharmacists, including herbalists. Season 4 will air every Friday, highlighting inspirational pharmacists that chose to fit out of the proverbial box and are working to build a new system of care focusing on natural and preventative medicine. Please enjoy the show. Hello, hello everyone. I have to admit this week got away from me and I'm a day late posting this episode. Not only that, but I'm preparing for some huge changes here at the podcast and will be taking my end of season break here shortly as a result. Not to worry, I'll see you on the other side when I'm back in the fall with a very special premiere of season five. So stay tuned. Today, I had the absolute pleasure chatting with the genius nursing major turned pharmacist with a master's in public health somewhere in between. Oh, and did I mention she's also a mother to five children? Y'all, Dr. Adiola Oke does it all. She's a daughter, wife, mother of five, and the founder of Wellness Surge. She's a clinical pharmacy specialist that encourages holistic health through the use of diet, exercise, and medications. Over the past 11 years, in her professional capacity as a pharmacist, she's used her knowledge of both Western and natural supplements in diet to reduce the burden of chronic diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and high cholesterol. Her passion for reducing the burden of chronic disease and helping people live healthy lifestyles motivated her to earn three prestigious degrees in healthcare. As a working mom, Dr. Oke realizes that most people struggle to find time to take care of their health, which she knows from experience can lead to inflammation and chronic disease. Her commitment to empowering people like her that are stressed by the hustle and bustle of modern day life led her to create a natural, great tasting formula to combat inflammation and support immunity, relieve stress and boost energy. She is the chairman of Honored Orphans Network, a nonprofit established to enhance the lives of orphans through mentorship and financial support. One of her goals in life is to reduce the burden of poverty, stress, and everyday diseases in busy working women. She lives with her husband, mom, and five children in Arizona. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show, Dr. Adiola Oke. She's a clinical pharmacy specialist and has a, such a bright and shiny personality. I can't wait for y'all to hear her. So let's get this started. Welcome to the show, Dr. Adiola. Thank you so much, Dr. Marina. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be on here. Yes, it's my pleasure, really. So how I like to start the show is just to get a brief background story on you and where you grew up and how you came to be a pharmacist. All righty. Well, that's kind of easy. So I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, um, in Africa, the continent of Africa. So how did I become a pharmacist? Well, I did like most of my schooling. So from kindergarten to high school, 
um, graduated age 15, then came to the United States for college. But prior to that, I always knew like, you know, in, in Nigeria, you're either a doctor or an engineer or something else. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Right. And so that was the that, I thought that was my path. Um, so I, I, but, but in the United States, you need a, um, one degree before you can get into medical school. So I say, you know, I'm not going to go into biology. I'm not going to be, and then come out, I have no job. Let me, get, let me, let me get myself into the medical field. Let me get into nursing. So I went to nursing school. And after going to nursing school, I was like, okay, take the M, start studying for the MCAT. You know, we are supposed to. So I went to nursing school and then I went to, and then I worked at Johns Hopkins um, Hospital in the children's hospital in the neonatal ICU. And so when you do that, you get to see what the doctor's life really looks like. (laughs) And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) ain't doing that. Not for me. Um, Sleepless nights. Actually, the one that really got to me was like walking through the pediatric ICU and I just came out crying. I'm like, okay, I can do the really tiny babies. But as they get older and they're this tiny and so sick, I can't do it. So anyway, so that was me. And so even though I had my MCAT scores, I'd already started trying to apply to school. I was like, I cannot become a medical doctor. It's not a good fit. So what else can I do? So I was like, oh, let me answer. <laughs> so the funny thing is I took the MCAT, I did all that, but I never, I, I just could not find myself applying to schools. Mm-hmm. I talked to them at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. Like, okay, go ahead, apply. I just couldn't bring myself to apply. So I said, okay, let me try pharmacy. It's 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 like in between nursing, medicine. You know, let me try pharmacy. It's all about medications. And so I went. I applied. I took my PCAT and I passed. And then and applied. I'm like, that was easy. So, <laughs> well, you see this journey in life, right? Um, and that's how it, I'm. That's how that was my own convoluted journey into pharmacy. Um, but I never really practiced or saw what pharmacy was like before I got out of school, until I got out of school. Right. And so here I am today. And the, and the, you'll hear the remaining story later. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So I'm not sure if I missed this part of the story, but at what point did you move to America? Oh, so I, oh yeah. So that was after high school at age 15. I came to the United States at age 15 um, after high school for college. Okay. And um, how was that process? Did you have to apply for a visa, like an educational visa? And then which state did you go to? Okay. Yeah. So I got an F1 visa, which is like, um, resi- not residence. It's like a student visa. Right. And I was in Maryland. So, <laughs> so I had always come to the United States, like almost every year for summer vacation. So it wasn't like foreign to me. Um, um, so I used to come a, a lot. So so just going to Maryland was most of the time I, I usually went to Maryland or Texas or something. So I was familiar with Maryland. So I went to Maryland and then um, in Maryland, that's where I got all my degrees for school. Right. <laughs> Cause I, I went to, I, yeah, I initially went to Villa Julie college, which was a perfect fit. So, you know, coming right out of a different country, you, it's better to go to a smaller school. So I did, I went to a private small school. It was just a perfect fit because if I had fallen into the University of Maryland system, I would have probably been lost. So I was able to transition from, it's now called Stevenson University, but when I went, it was called Villa Julie College in Maryland. So I then transitioned from there to the University of Maryland School of Nursing. I was like, okay, then let's get the School of Pharmacy. Oh, let's go to public health, <laughs> so into School of Medicine. So. 
Yeah. So that's that's the journey. Quite a journey already. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really curious. So how um, was it that you came to America a lot and how did you learn English so well? And how did you feel comfortable applying to school here and living here? And how was that whole process? Okay. Yeah. So um, English in in most in Nigeria, we we speak Queen's English, right? So that is like the British English. And mm-hmm. so our English is pretty good. <laughs> our English is pretty good. And um, it's actually American English is different because the spellings are sometimes different. So coming here, I had to t- kind of reconfigure my brain that color is not C-O-L-O-U-R, <laughs> it's C-O-L-O-R. But that is the true, the correct English is the Queens, but it depends on who you're asking, right? So that's how I speak English. <laughs> I've always spoken English since I was a kid. It's actually, I speak it way better than my language, but <laughs> that's because I speak it so much over here. Um, but um, in my mom, my mom worked for British Airways, right? So we, she, we traveled a lot. Um, she she used to we, she used to travel a, a lot. Like I traveled a lot as a kid. I was fortunate, yeah, um, fortunate to be able to travel a lot as a kid and not pay so much. So that was the keyword there. <laughs> yeah. So hence the reason I've traveled. Um, I used to come to the United States a lot, and so getting the F one visa, um, it wasn't very it wasn't so much of a big deal because um, um, my parents were okay, right? Um, they're financially okay, um, and so they were able to um, fund that. And because they already saw the history of coming to the United States, they didn't think I would come here and get stuck. Lo and behold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, do you have a big family, lots of siblings or no? So I'm an only child to my mom, but I have a lot of kids. Uh, so I'm an only child to my mom. My my father um, has other kids, but I'm not. I don't know them very well. Um, so they're younger than me, though. But um, so but I'm an only child to my mom. So I'm her, the apple of her eye kind of thing. <laughs> so so leaving me to come to the United States was like a big deal. Like oh, so we all, we talk like every single day. So yeah, reminiscing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, how did you get so comfortable with Texas and Maryland specifically? What drew you to those states? Um, so like I said, Maryland is not, I've always, I'd always come to Maryland like from childhood, like almost every summer. <laughs> so I was used to, so Maryland, okay, so this is it. I didn't, I didn't go and live on campus. I lived with my uncle. And so my uncle was a physician. So I had a very comfortable space. I had my own basement so with my jacuzzi and the, wow. it was a really sweet spot. <laughs> my, my, my steam room and all that. So it was a very nice transition. It was nothing like your know, horror stories. No. Um, so I, I was living with my uncle who was a physician in Maryland. So I lived with him until, um, Oh, oh. <laughs> I lived with him until I got married because I got married pretty early. I got married at the age of 18. So wow. I was 15, I was 16, 17, then 18. I was already in nursing school. So I lived with him for like two and a half years or so. And then when I was getting married, I was like, okay, I'm going to get married now. And so I, I moved out. So I had a pretty comfortable <laughs> living situation initially. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Sounds like you had a lot of opportunities presented to you, but also you had the courage to just say yes and see where they led you. Yes, I think that's the most important thing in life, right? Having the courage to say yes. 
That's really wonderful. So talk to us a little bit about your personal story of how you got married and have now currently five children. Yeah, so like um, coming to the United States, I never in a million years thought I will get married at age 18. Um, so like coming to the United States, I came in actually as like a very bubbly um, teenager, not dressed like this at all. <laughs> and then I came and I stayed, I, 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 I took off from college for like a semester and then I saw God. <laughs> so, so I took off a, a semester off school and then I started reading my holy book and I was like, oh, this is what he says. I never knew. <laughs> and so I, 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 that's, so that's, that time was like an awakening period for me. And so I, that's when I changed and started dressing like this. And so becoming more religious and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do the whole boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Um, it's either, if I want to get married, I get married. Or if not, I just postpone it till whenever I'm ready. And so lo and behold, two years later, two years later, right? It was a process, right? Two years. So by age 18, um, I was, I, this guy saw me at a wedding and he just kept staring and I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not 18. Are you kidding me? How old are you two? Forget that. <laughs> so he was like, he's five years old, wait, six years older than me. And I was like, no, I didn't come here to get married. What are you talking about? I came here for college, but so I kept saying, no, 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 I'm not interested. Um, but lo and behold, my aunt passed away on the day of his birthday. So my aunt that raised me, so I was an only child, but I used to stay with my my cousin, my aunt. She raised me so I won't be lonely at home, mm -hmm. right? And so I could stay, like, play with her, her kids. And she passed away on his birthday. And I just had a change of heart. Like, okay, life is so fleeting. Anything can happen. And I was saying, no, 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 no. And something in me just changed. Like, okay, you know? On your birthday, he came to say like, and he came to say hello to me. I didn't even know it was his birthday. He came to say like, oh, he heard that my aunt passed. Like, I was really, really, really close to her. She was like my mother, right? And she passed away on this day. And he came to say hi to me. And he was like, oh, it's my birthday. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. So I just had a change of heart, and that's how I married him. And and so he was like, oh, let's do it. I'm like, no. If I say yes, yes is yes. Let's do it. <laughs> like, my wow. parents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I if I change my mind, like. I'm doing it right now. I'm not going to be playing this whole game and all that. And so my parents were not even there, but they gave their blessings. And so I got married. <laughs> I guess I'm a very weird, interesting character. It's very bold. You know, it's kind of like what people come to later on in life about grabbing life by the horns and going all in on something. Seems like you, you were already doing that without knowing what you're doing. You were just like, going 100% for your next goal or whatever you do, you do 100%, put 100% effort and faith into it and not just, oh, let's try it out. This is a trial. I don't really know. It's like, this feels right. I'm doing it. This feels wrong. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, guess, I, I guess I never saw it that way. But yes, that's my story. I've never said it out loud in public, but here, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing it with me. And the more and more I interview people and do this work, the more I realize what the really important big themes are. And, you know, pharmacy is a part of what we do, but it's not who we are. So I love getting to know the whole person and their journey and their mindset and, you know, what was driving them, you know, the core of who they are and 
what makes them make the choices that they do and how it led them to where they are today. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. I never, I've never said this out loud, but yes. (laughs) People just saw me as weird, like, how old are you? Are you pregnant? I'm like, no, I'm just, it feels right to me. And so, yes, so, yeah, so we've been married for um, 18 years now, right? Wow. Um, Yeah. Wait, how old am I? <laughs> I to do this calculate. Yes, 18 years now, right? And we have five kids. Um, I have a 16-year-old. Um, she's off to college uh, in a few days, right? And then I have a, she's going to be 17 next month. Okay. And then I have a 15-year-old. And then I have an eight-year-old son. And then I have twins, um, five-year-old boy and girl. Wow. That's a full household. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a full household. So can you distill for us a little bit about what thinking back and looking back on your choices and your journey, what do you think was that driving force that made you say yes to yourself and those opportunities that came up and saying yes to marriage so early and having the five children um, when you're yourself an only child, you know, how did those choices and also becoming more religious, um, how were those choices played out? So, you know, um, I lived a very, I was very, I lived a very sheltered life in Nigeria. Like I really didn't, I didn't see poverty, I would say. I was like, I just thought, you know, you see people walking on the street with selling food, but I didn't realize they were poor. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes. Sometimes it's like, is there, I came to the United States and then my eyes were open like, oh my God, this was poverty. It just wasn't the normal way of living. Like, oh, we are driving in cars and they are walking on the streets carrying food. Yes. I just thought that was how things should be. And then there was a certain way of like um, class. There was like this class then, like, you know, growing up. And so coming to a different country, it opened my eyes. Like I could see, it's like when you're objective, right? Yeah, like you could see things from a distance, like, oh my gosh, that is poverty. This is not right. Like, and we, and you see, like my culture, we're very colorful and people, they could be very flamboyant and spend a lot of money on clothes and this. And we still have the very, very, very poor people on the streets. And so um, coming to the United States was a great opportunity for me in terms of not like what it gave me, but it did give me a lot because it opened my eyes. I got the opportunity to get a different perspective mm-hmm. in life, even though I was living in sheltered quarters still, but being by myself, not being with my mom or my dad or anybody else. So like even living with my uncle, I was very alone. It was, I was in my own world. I, I got to like do a lot of reflection. Yeah. And that was what was, that was the most important part of my life. I will say in that basement, that those three months I took off, that was the defining moment in my life, thinking about it right now, because that's where I came to know God. I came to change who I was. I've always had what you call integrity. Like I've always wanted, if I do this, say I'm going to do this, I mean, I'm going to do it. I've always been driven, but mm-hmm. I came to know God and things just came, became clear for me at that point in my life. And so going from there, it was like, okay, this is who I am right now. Accept it. Um, can you imagine someone with a, wearing short skirts and then having to leave up all those guys and all those friends and everybody mm-hmm. else, like I switch from that dressed in to this it takes a lot right and so I'm like whoever accepts me fine if not and so you start to become who you are Mm -hmm. right you start to be like 
it doesn't matter. This is what is important to me. It's between me and my creator and all that. And so that's how you start to go in life. And so meeting my husband, even though I was not, I, I never <laughs> dreamed that that would happen. When my aunt passed away at such a young age, it, it really hit me. She was only in her 40s, right? And she was like my mom. She was still called me the night before. Wow. She still called me the night before and I missed her call. So that was, that was, it really hit me. And um, I just said, okay, life is so fleeting. What if my mom goes too? She won't get the opportunity she, because I'm, I'm just, I feel like culture says this and culture says this. Oh, you're supposed to get married at 23, 24 because I feel culture says this. I have to go by those rules. Forget that. Um, I'm going to go by my rules. And if this initially didn't feel right to me, but the minute it did, I went with it. Wow. Thank you for sharing those insights with us. So could you share a little bit more about how you, why and how you spend those three months? Why did you feel the need to take those three months to self-reflect? And you mentioned reading scriptures, but is there anything else that you saw as key to connecting with your internal world? Um, it just happened to be that those three months I did not plan on it. It was like, okay, all right, come to the United States. And then you come back, like take this time off. Like I, so I graduated college. No, I graduated high school. I went to, I did something we call the A-levels that planning. I was thinking maybe I would go to the to school in the United Kingdom or United States. So for the United Kingdom, you need to uh, A-level. So I did that and I'm like, okay, let's just come to the United States and we'll see how things play out. And so I took the three months and then I went back home and like, okay, you, you, there's so much in front of you. You don't know what you're going to do, yeah. but you're like, okay, we'll come back home. Okay. This is the school you're going to go to. This is how you're going to do it. And so I just took those three months and just, my uncle just said, come, you know, just chill. <laughs> and then we'll figure this out. Like, because I, I hadn't really been planning. It's not like I'm not one of those people that was like, oh, this is the school you're going to go to. Like, even for my daughter, I'm like, it will come. <laughs> come just it will come don't you don't have to start planning from age five like oh this is the school college you're gonna go to who knows what's gonna happen in one five one year even tomorrow so I just play things as they are like okay but now I actually start to plan ahead of time now now in my this point in my life I actually plan ahead but for things like that I'm like it's not that important (laughs) it will happen so that those three months it was a blessing it was not something that was planned it just happened that I took those three months to then say, okay, this is the school I was going to go to. Um, Small school would be better for me versus the big school, you know? So it was a gift and I took it. (laughs) And, and, you know, I like to read, I was um, growing up, I used to read a lot of books, Mm -hmm. just a lot of noble novels, romantic novels. So I took my Quran, my Quran, (laughs) I took it like, okay, it's another novel I'm going to read. And so there was this really, the story of, um, Joseph it was like a more like a love story (laughs) and so I really so that's how that was how I approached it because like oh this is such an interesting love story let me read this stuff and then I got drawn in wow it was (laughs) from a knowledge of oh romance to oh you're sucked in now that's how it happened (laughs) those stories transcend time and space they just somehow reflect everything modern Mm -hmm. Or of all age, you know, of all time, but in their captured time and in their mm-hmm. stories and lives. And so like a parable and symbol for something mm-hmm. else that could be going on. Yes. So yeah, yes. that's really interesting. 
Um, and you're right. I think that is a blessing and you were lucky to have those months of reflection because our society doesn't really give us any, our current society in America, I'm not talking about the rest of the world, um, doesn't give us much time to really reflect. And because everything is so shiny and in front of us, like all these opportunities, you know, like this is the land where people want to go from all over the world because it's the land of opportunities. And mm-hmm. because you can work hard and achieve something here, uh, whereas in other countries you can work hard, but you, the system is just almost set up for you to fail in some mm-hmm. countries. And even if you work hard, you don't really get much reward for your work. Yeah. And that's why people... Um, have kind of, in some cases, given up on improving the system in their country and are trying to look for a better life in other countries. So mm-hmm. that's the huge immigration wave that has been going on yes. for, for, you know, centuries, I guess. Um, yeah. in the, US. the brain dump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's wonderful that you had that. And also that you, again, seized the opportunity and really um, got a lot of out of it, you know, um, and went inwards. And I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of times are afraid to look inwards because we're always looking for external validation. Um, and our choices are driven by, you know, what our parents think, what our society thinks, what the culture around us thinks. But when you have those different perspectives of traveling and different opportunities in front of you, when you don't know what to choose, the best thing you could do is look inside and see what aligns with you. Yes. You see, I never even thought about this, that that, that was the defining moment, point in my life. Like until talking about it, you're like, that's when I made some really big decisions in my life. And since then, I've been a different person. Um, those three months I was gifted. Hmm. Yeah. And I keep telling my daughter, my 16, you know, um, um, scripture didn't come to people that were working in the market. It was when they were on like on the mountain by themselves sitting down. So how about you take some time off to just be you, right? Get away from the friends, get away from social media, just be you and think, reflect. But it's hard when you tell your own child, they usually don't listen up. Maybe I, no one told me it just happened, right? So yeah. no one, I was just gifted that opportunity. So, but um, yeah, I think I will say it more. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of distractions in modern day life, you know, that's disconnecting us from ourselves and from nature, which is yeah. where we is another place where we can go to find ourselves is just mm-hmm. by nature, because yeah. it moves at a much slower pace. And it's much more constant, mm-hmm. and dependable and stable, something yeah. that's always there for us. So um, it's one of the resources that we can draw from. And a lot of times we're just so distracted because we live in, many of us live in big cities with lots of technology and social media, like you said, and other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pace is just really hard to keep up with. It is. Are you scared of the kids, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, so I get it. So let's go back to your professional journey and your interest in natural medicine. So I'm curious, as you were juggling your family on the one hand and continuing your impressive accolade, you know, of all of these degrees, first of all, what drew you to medicine in the first place and what kept you in medicine, getting all your degrees, and then eventually what helped you transition into natural medicine? And then how did you balance that with your family life? 
Ah, what drew me? So like I said, just from a child, I just knew, you know, okay, I'm going into medicine. So it wasn't like anything. Like I have this kid that's always asking about the body parts and she's only five. Like, oh, how do you do this? I'm like, okay, this one. She's already saying I'm going to be a dentist or a doctor. So you already know this kid. So I guess I was one of those. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we started, but I was one of those. So I knew I was going to go into the medical field. And when, so when I came to the United States, right, I said, I got the opportunity to see things differently. And then I got to see poverty. I, I came to realize um, um, Ill, like illness, even like counterfeit medications and mm -hmm. things like that. And, and so I always told myself, oh, when I finish, I want to, so I want to go to pharmacy or do this. I wanted a public health degree so that I could make a difference, impact. Like um, I've never really worked with it, right? But I do it in my own way. It's my way of, so what I do on social media is mostly like health education, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I'm very passionate about people knowing how they can improve their lives in little ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, prior to like like two years ago or so, I used to like do recordings of like, like um, I'll just take a topic and just talk about how you can heal naturally with it, like through diet or some supplement or something you can get from around you. So I did that for like a couple of months. I thought people weren't getting any benefits. Then I said, forget it. And so the minute I quit, people are like, oh, what happened? I'm like, are you serious? When I get <laughs> your questions, tell me what you want to know. Nobody answered. So I thought it was not benefiting anybody. So I've always wanted to give back and so but I could not articulate what my what my purpose was until mm -hmm. last year 2020 yeah 2020 big year for many people excuse me it was a big year for many it was a big year for many, many people actually yeah so it was actually it's 2019 September to 2020 yeah so mm -hmm. I was able to finally define what was driving me and I realized like it actually, it was a very spiritual process for me. It's I couldn't sleep one. I couldn't sleep at night, and I kept waking up and having these dreams. No, I wasn't waking up. I was sleeping. <laughs> I, was, I was like I was sleeping and having these dreams. Like when you go back to your creator, what are you gonna tell him? You've been given so many opportunities. What are you gonna say you did with those opportunities? And so, I actually, um, so I'll get up and then I'll go and pray. <clears throat> actually thought I was going to die that night because it was such a it was a very intense night for me it was and so I'll go I get it was in the middle of night got up I'll go pray and then I will go back to bed pray before I get on bed and then I'll have the same dream and I was like what is going on so <clears throat> I, um so like and then it was like it was people said it was anxiety but it was a very I felt a, I had trouble breathing I had mm -hmm. panic attack yeah, maybe it was a panic, but I just, that night, I was like, I thought I was going to die. And so I just said, okay, this is what you're here for. Like you had been, well, all this time I've been saying one day, one day I will go open and I will go give something back. I will start a nonprofit. I will mm -hmm. do this. I will do this one day, one day. And so after that night, I just said, okay, this is it. Um, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, so <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm a faucet. <laughs> to whom, to whom, <laughs> to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, you have to give back. I was already volunteering in the mosque every day, and uh, not every day, once, every twice a week, um, in the weekend with my five kids, taking them. I was already doing monthly cleanups in my community, but I felt I needed to do something back home, um, back in where the poverty that I saw was. And so I, I that's that was 
I was, it was, I was finally able to articulate what was driving me, which is reducing the burden of poverty and chronic diseases around the world. So I was finally able to put that into word. And that's, I guess that's what has been driving me all this time. I just like, oh, you want to get this degree? I really want this global health, public health degree. Why? I just want it. <laughs> I just, I didn't know why. So I've never really worked with it, but it has been my driving force. And it's, it's what pushes me on social media to like stay up, like, like the five kids, I have to attend to them. So it's when I'm done with them, I then go and then do my research, write stuff up and share it with the world, right? So I was able to then, based on my poverty, like I feel poverty is a big deal, right? So I was, I opened, um, I started with a friend. I, I, I called that friend the next day when I woke up, like I had such a very eye-opening experience the night before. And so well, what am I going to do with it? So I went to Nigeria. I still couldn't figure out what I was going to do. I went to Nigeria trying to figure out what can I do? What can I do with all this time? And then I came back and then, it just hit me. And this is, so we started a, um, an honored orphans network where we give them monthly stipend and we um, also mentor them three times, um, th um, three times a year, every quarter, right? Yeah. So four times a year, um, four times a year. And so we just send that meal. So it's, I feel better, but it's a step, it's a step forward. And from there I can grow, but that's, it's, it's a spiritual thing for me. <laughs> that's how I became who I am. Yes. Wow, that that story just first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, very emotional, clearly. Uh, second of all, I think you just hit on something that's also existential. And to me, I think many of us have these weird symptoms, whether it's anxiety or panic attacks or something physically that's a symptom, something emotionally, and we don't attribute them to the root cause a lot of the time. Um, we're just in medicine and conventional medicine. This is the big problem, right? When we just treat the symptom, but not the cause. So um, getting down to the root cause, there's some theories that it's all on an emotional level. So for you defining that you had these, um, the spiritual um, scary moment that could be maybe anxiety or panic attacks, like symptoms, but you tied it into what the real problem was. And foundationally, you felt like you weren't living out your life purpose. And a lot of times we live life to um, better conditions for ourselves and like our personal, like inner circle family and our individual life is very important to us and how we have these opportunities and seize them for ourselves. But we often will get fulfilled when we feel like we have meaning that extends outside of ourselves. So when we have um, meaning outside beyond to our community, to somebody else besides us, mm -hmm. that's when life is really fulfilling. And when we feel like we are getting closer to our life purpose, because we don't live in a vacuum that's just us. We live in relationship to other beings, other humans, and also the planet. Yeah. And our actions that, you know, have an effect on other people and other beings. So when we see holistically, that extends to beyond the one person. So we, we actually look at the whole society and um, the world holistically. And my personal belief is, we can't really heal the person as an individual until we also view it as a holistic system. Mm -hmm. 
altogether. So like you said, even though your life seemed pretty great, you were bothered by the fact of where you came from, the shift in your perspective, that you saw there was a problem and that you weren't really doing anything directly about it and you felt like you could have. So now it's pushing you to um, just reach for those limits and break beyond limits and actually do something when you see something, say something, right? That's a slogan. So it's like when you see there's a problem, you can't just ignore it because then it eats up at you, even if it's not your direct problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into, and that wasn't even your question. I just realized (laughs) I didn't ask your question. But that's how I got into finding my purpose, right? But how did I get into natural medicine? Right. So that one, it's um, it was it was more of um, me waking up one day. So I, like I said, I have the I had the then I had three kids. Right. I used to drive. Um, I used to drive almost two hours every weekend to take my kids from I used to live in Prescott, Arizona, and there was no place for my kids to learn about my religion. So every weekend I would get in the car, drive them to Phoenix two hours away, <clears throat> spend a night in a hotel and then come back the next so that they can learn for two days and then come back. So one of those days I, I did that and I, I came back the next day and the morning I woke up, I could, I was just in pain. And I'm, I'm very picky about like, not like I'm very, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I was very cognizant about stuff like that. So I woke up and I was in a lot of pain. Like every time I moved, I was in pain and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I took Tylenol. It didn't work for me. I took some ibuprofen. It didn't work for me. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I was dragging myself around in a, a chair. So with wheels and using that to get around the room to, to get do stuff. Then I remembered, like I'd been talking to this 80 year old cardiologist that I work with. And he was talking to me about how he was treating some pain, pain people that had pain with curcumin, the active ingredient in turmeric. I was like, okay, maybe I can use that stuff, right? <laughs> so I went to the store, I went to Sprouts, asked them, okay, what? give me the best curcumin supplement you can get, get me. And so I, I took one, I took one tablet and this pain went. Wow. The pain went, I was able to move around. I'm like, I took Tylenol. The pain was still there. I took ibuprofen, it was still there. So this one tablet of the curcumin supplement was something, curcumin and something else. It worked for me. And I was like, okay, what is in this stuff? So that's how I got started on my journey. It's, I think all of this are gifts. Um, thinking about it now, they're not things we plan. They are supposed to be our life journey. And if you think about it, like, huh, this was, because I told somebody one day, they're like, this thing happened to you so you can get into this. This yeah. thing happened to you, this weird thing that, <laughs> till today I've never, I don't have, I've never had that again. But this whole weird thing happened to you so that you could get into believing in natural supplements because from pharmacy I from my perspective I used to look down on all this natural therapy and just look at those patients like oh what are they taking you know (laughs) my father used to drink a lot of herbs and he still does and I'm always like oh what are you drinking what is that stuff you're trying to force down my throat look looking down on it and now look at me yeah (laughs) I'm the one telling people oh do this and people are looking at me weird I guess and I'm like I don't care (laughs) so 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 that's how I got into natural supplements and so from there I studied I got into like the green the herbs um using and that's how I started teaching try to teach people that even though medicine I'm a pharmacist but if there are ways we can improve our health through natural therapies let's go ahead and do that and so I started doing a lot of research a lot of studying to kind of bring that knowledge of people. And that's what the, what I talked about. Like I was doing some 
um videos like i used to do it every week and it was actually eating at me <laughs> i was it was draining me yeah. and and so and that's how and then i then then i then was able to come up with i then came up with my own green juice i actually created my own green juice right like you see all like organifier like what is that anyway so one day i was fasting while fasting i was in my office over here and i was fasting and i was really tired and i was like okay what can i get what can i drink in the middle of the night to give me energy to sustain this fast and so I was like, and the ad for like Organifi came up. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I, well, an ad came up. <laughs> yeah. An ad came up. Um, and I was like, oh, let me go buy that. So I bought it and it didn't give me what I was looking for. And it didn't taste really good to me. So I went to buy another one. It didn't do the same. And I was like, okay, Adela, you've got three degrees. All right, start using that brain God, <laughs> God gave you. <laughs> All right. So um, so I was like, okay, you already drink matcha. You already, you already use curcumin. You already use um, cacao. Um, how about you mix all those stuff and do some more research, come up with appropriate dosing for what you're trying to target. And I was like, okay, stress is a big deal. Even the World Health Organization calls stress as the epidemic of the 21st century. How about you try to tackle that too? And so that's how... I mixed it all up together and came up my green, my green juice. Today I have it here in front of me. So you see, <laughs> so, and, and so I used to make it at home and people were like, oh, this, your stuff is good. It's like, okay, let's go. Because he used to take me one hour to make one bag. I'm like, oh, this, it can't sustain this. So that's how I went into manufacturing it. I thought, okay, this is my way to share something with the world. And, and I take some money from it to help fund my honored offerings. Although it's, um, I'm spending, like, that's not really happening as much now, but at least I, I dedicate a certain percentage from the green juice. That's what it's, it's designed for, to help the green juice, to help combat my poverty issues, uh, <laughs> things eating at me, um, to help sponsor my Honored Offense Network and also the charities I hope to do in the future. Yeah, that's amazing. What a great story. And also, I would like to know the details behind, um, the manufacturing process did you choose a private label company um was that part difficult to research and search what how to produce it and sell it and do you do drop shipping or how was that whole process and i'm going to include the link to your product in the show notes because it's absolutely wonderful yeah so i did private labeling but i realized that if i i, I couldn't sell it I did, I did, so I did some private labeling for certain things, but I, I'm not a seller. I'm a pharmacist. I'm not a marketer. I don't know how to market, but when I get passionate about things, then I can talk about it. So the whole private labeling, I did it and it just sat in my house. I didn't sell it. <laughs> I gave it out for free. So I realized what I created, what I made, I was able to talk to the future, like, to, like it's really easy for me to talk about because it's my baby, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, the whole manufacturing thing, I had to look for a manufacturer. I came up with a formula. Mm -hmm. I came up with a dosing. I came up with every single thing. And then I gave, I went to look for a manufacturer. That was a very, that was hard work. Like calling manufacturers all over the United States that want to make a certain quantity for me. That was not, I had, um, that was not, it was expensive already, but it was not like they want to make 50,000. And I'm like, what am I going to do with that? You know? So, so I had to find a balance in a manufacturer that was willing to make at least the list I could find. And that was also a reputable um, 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 manufacturing company. I actually used one of the manufacturing company from one of my coaches. Um, so it was a referral. 
And so that's how I got into it. But I called a lot of people. <laughs> I'm in Arizona. So there's already a lot of them in, in Phoenix, right? And then <laughs> and then how I, I talked to a lot of manufacturers um, all over the United States trying to get one that would be suitable for me. So, but the private labeling, um, initially I was not able to sell it. Now at this point in my life, I feel I can, but I think I needed to get my baby out into the world first. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations yeah. again on that. Thanks, yeah. Um, so I think you hit on a really good point a while ago when you mentioned that people think their symptoms are a curse, but it could actually be a, a blessing. Um, so I think for that is true for a lot of people. So as I was mentioning before, we're obsessed with whenever we get a symptom, we just go to the doctor, we go to the pharmacy, we want it gone as soon as possible, but we never really slow down and examine and reflect on what could the symptom really be telling of what you know, what is this pain trying to tell me what um, something is going on in my body that is causing some kind of inflammation and the pain is signaling that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing or living the same exact way that I'm living because that's painful to me. Mm -hmm. So something is going on to cause that pain. So even if we mask it up with the most massive opioids or whatever, um, we're not really healing the root cause of what is causing the pain in the first place. So when we go deep enough and see, okay, what is this panic attack telling me? You know, what is this anxiety telling me? Um, it actually could tell you that you, if you shift your perspective and live your life a little bit differently, or maybe you're not on the right track right now. So you need mm -hmm. to shift into a different track because what you've been doing up in the, until this point is causing these symptoms to show up. So um, clearly something needs to be addressed and something needs to change. And a lot of times we're so used to the culture of, oh, let's take a pill, let's take a supplement. And the supplement for me, in my opinion, and my experience and education um, is not a substitute for a medication. Like you said, first of all, there's a lot of problems in the natural health industry and the pharmaceutical and medical industry sometimes look down on it. Um, there are really good quality ones, like the one you, you found and you popped one tablet in it made the pain go away. Um, so there's a lot of nuances, right? But the whole point is that our body was made to thrive without these exogenous agents that we mass produce um, in manufacturing plants, right? We actually evolved to eat real plants and it's mm -hmm. part of our diet. So when your dad is making the herbs, he's just supplementing his diet, which is already should be mostly plant-based. Everybody agrees on that, even though nutrition is a big um, controversial topic too, but everyone agrees we should be eating at least uh, mostly plant-based diet uh, and then supplementing that with other things. So whether people are eating grains or, you know, animal products to supplement the plants, mm -hmm. or when we see more therapeutic or superfoods in nature that we supplement our other plants with. So like, let's say a piece of lettuce, you know, or a celery, has some kind of nutrition in it, but then a nettle leaf um, or, you know, another herb like comfrey leaf is just pure, a lot of other vitamins and minerals in there, or like the cocoa bean is full mm -hmm. of magnesium. And so there's just different ways that we can get the full spectrum of nutrition mm -hmm. and herbs and medicinal plants are just part of that picture where it's supplementing the foundational diet. That's also plants. So mm -hmm. it just makes sense that our body is made to process plants and ingest plants and, um, you know, incorporate plants into our diet 
in one way or another. So supplement is one piece of that. And it doesn't mean um, that it's superior that we can extract these things and put them in a supplement where nature is abundantly creating these yes. things for us. And if yeah. we reciprocate that relationship, as I was mentioning, if we take care of nature, nature takes care of us. Uh, but we are, as a species, continuously trying to improve on nature's design. And I think it's becoming pretty evident that um, the way and the volume in which we're approaching it is not sustainable. So the public health piece, I think what you were mentioning before, when you see the disparity and you see um, that simple things that people could be incorporating are accessible to them, so they don't need to access in some cases, some of the fancier stuff, they can access like the low hanging fruit yes. and things that are free and accessible or the plants that are growing in their region mm. to incorporate self-care, you know, and they don't have to rely on um, somebody else who has the fancy stuff to come in and cure them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, 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 that's how we should be. <laughs> That's how we show me like, like, uh, like I'm doing this new thing about like juice and like getting celery juice every morning. And I'm just like, seriously, if my mom was not there making it for me, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you know, I, like most of us live in this crazy busy life, right? Like yeah. you're jumping from work to work in the ideal world. It, it's, it's, that's how we show me like, so I kind of like, I cook once a week, like I do like a lot of batch cooking so that I can get the vegetables and what my body needs, but setting small things like that, like cleansing and things like that. Sometimes you're just too busy. And that's where this, not the pill popping, but at least some, something a little similar, something simpler for people to be able to take in. Right. Yeah. And it's not filled with sugar because the yeah. easy things are usually filled with sugar. And that's where things like the green juice is coming. It's not I'm like, it's not for everybody. If you can totally make and eat all your vegetables every single day and get all your things, you should be getting it every day. Please do that. <laughs> but yeah. if you cannot, then do this because at least you're, you're making a, a difference in, in what's simply whatever way you can. Right. So that's, that's like, yeah, I'm like, if my mom was not doing, I don't have time for that. Like I'm too yeah. busy. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying busy, busy is a different thing, but we all have what drives us. Um, and we all find purpose and happiness doing certain things. So like my days, like I, in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm going volunteer here. I'm taking a class here. I'm taking care of the kids in the afternoon, you know, so you already have your, like, but that's what makes, gives me happiness and gives me joy. Spending those time volunteering, taking classes, spending time with my family. And from other people, it's just being in bed and they had to just be, they'd rather just be in bed all day and they will not even be able to get up to go make the juice, you know? But so each person is different and that's what makes the, this world beautiful because um, we all have our purpose on this earth to do certain things and make different um, differences, I guess. Yeah, everybody needs to choose a balance and come to a balance by themselves. Uh, yeah. However, if they know and are educated about these accessible things, yes. and they're likely to consider incorporating them rather than not knowing yes. about them. So yes. it's, it's about yes. like the presentation of choices and options. And I agree with you, it's very difficult to like have a home cooked meal. And, uh, you know, in the ideal world, I'd be like fermenting all my own stuff and, yeah. you know, doing all these things and compost. I do compost my scraps. Um, but, you know, like, 
I would want to do much more than what is accessible mm-hmm. to me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, having a powder of really good plant material or have making myself a tea or, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a smoothie or something like that. Yeah. Or some people don't have juicers, you know, or yeah. something like that. So it is much more labor intensive to do everything by hand. So yes. there are certain shortcuts <laughs> that are acceptable, you know, and are still just as good or very um, similar level. So having like a ground up herb in a powder yes. form yes. is a really good yes. way. And yes. I personally prefer it over like tablets or capsules because mm-hmm. you're not having extra things to digest. You're just mm-hmm. um, having the fiber and the nutrients right there and you mix it into your, I like to mix it into oatmeal or smoothies mm-hmm. and also the benefit of having like a multi um, targeted mixture mm-hmm. all in mm-hmm. one rather yes. than saying like this and this and this yes well yes. I also prefer when there's like a multi mix that you could just mm-hmm. you don't have to mix by hand on your own sure um, sure, sure. I, I have my drawer full of like powders that I add to things that are herbal so I'm sure I would come up with a different formula than you and <laughs> It would um, do serve a similar purpose, but that's yeah. what I do actually. I buy stuff in bulk and then I mix it into one. And then I okay, so you don't have to figure out the dose every single time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. True, true. But yeah, this has been enlightening. Yes, yes. So, um, talk to me a little bit more about the work-life balance that you've created for yourself. So, how did you manage to get these three serious degrees while? simultaneously raising a family, having five children, doing all the volunteer work and, you know, all of your time serving the community and educating them. Um, but um, how do I balance it? It's it's planning. So like I said, now I plan. <laughs> In the past, I'm just like, it will happen. <laughs> um, until I found my, um, until I was able to like say, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've been getting to this point. I've, it's been a journey, right? It's been a journney. Like do this, do that. And you get some things in life. You just, I just want it. You're like, why do you want it? I don't know, but I just want it. But because you don't know the reason, but if your heart is telling you go for this thing, then go for it. And so how do I balance things right now? It's by planning. I plan ahead. I plan ahead. Um, so I cook once a week and I try to cook all that food and put it in the fridge and, and freezer so I can go grab it and just eat, have something good to eat. Right. And then for the kids too. Um, yeah. Um, so, and then my day to day, I've already said, okay, on my calendar, there's doing this now, doing this now, doing this now. And I enjoy, I realized like, um, when the pandemic hit and I was not able to volunteer in the mosque, it was, I felt bad. Like, you know, my daughter's like, why do you still do that? I'm like, I just feel I need to do it. I feel I need to give back to society. Um, the whole monthly cleanup, I know that when I stop doing it, it's going to feel like it's going to have a void in my, yeah. in my in my heart, but no, I'm thankful for all the years I've been able to dedicate to the monthly cleanup. And so it's all about just planning (laughs) and communicating with the people around me that, okay, this is what I'm doing right now, guys. Um, (laughs) And also asking for help. Biggest one is asking for help. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my husband. Um, They help, they all help me out. And yeah, they're all living their own lives, but they help. We all help each other. Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you leverage those five kids as little helpers around the house? Um, the teenagers, <laughs> they help. 
in their own way. <laughs> the little ones, um, yeah, yeah, I just have to say it in a fun way. Like, oh, you're the boss of this. How about you go do that? <laughs> oh, the boss of the shoes. Make sure there are no shoes around the house. Oh, you're the this. <laughs> so it just, I guess it's just saying it in a fun way that um, engages them and makes them want to know. Sometimes you just have to bribe. So, <laughs> so. That's it. That's wonderful. So I know you mentioned, I want to go back to the juice for one more second. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you created it when you were fasting. So when you fast, do you employ the juice to give you energy? Or when you fast, you don't drink any food or water, don't consume any food or water? So when I'm fasting, I don't drink, I don't eat or drink from sunrise to sunset. So the juice and I, so be, I used to be the person that would wake up in the, so when we are fasting, we wake up in the middle of the night. Um, before sunrise to eat, drink, mm -hmm. so that gives us energy till the nighttime. Mm -hmm. And then we break our fast at sunset. And so initially I had to put the juice in like oatmeal in the middle of the night. Now I don't even eat. All I just drink is the juice in the mm -hmm. middle of the night and it sustains me <laughs> and gives me energy all, all day. So, but I came, to, it was, I guess it's all a mental thing. You think you have to eat something, but yeah. uh, well, you, like, so I used to feel like I had to have like an oatmeal, like overnight oats, and then I'll put the juice in it. That's how I started. And then I was like, oh, I don't need to eat. I can just drink this thing. <laughs> and so I drink it and all day, all, all day, I'm good till nighttime when I break my fast and then eat a wholesome meal. That's the key word there. You have yeah. to have a balanced meal to compensate for all you have not taken in all day. So we don't drink any water. We don't um, eat any food for the duration of the fast. Yeah, so I know this has a religious background to it, but also fasting has a lot of health benefits. So have you noticed any correlation to your digestion or energy or any other benefits that you can personally attest to from fasting? So when we fast, it's more, like I said, it's more spiritual and you're doing a lot. So the times we're fasting, like, so like the time we fast, like for 30 days, you're waking up, then you're praying, you're reading a lot of, you're staying up late at night to read and pray and talk to your creator. Um, so you don't have a lot of energy. You need stuff to give you energy because you're just tired. And then you, oh, the reason you don't have energy is if you have to get up the next day early in the morning to go to work right <laughs> and do all those stuff you do so um um I it's not like I wouldn't say I have a lot of energy that time right while I'm fasting but I feel like my brain is clear I I'm, I come up with better ideas when I'm fasting like my so it was while I was fasting my my brain worked to come up with this green juice I realized that like a, a couple of like a few days ago I was fasting I was I came up with really brilliant ideas so I realized that when I'm fasting like I have that prolonged fast my brain works better I don't know about my god my god is already good I guess <laughs> but my brain is I come up with really good ideas when I'm fasting so yeah, because digestion takes up such a large percentage of energy that mm -hmm. we get from the food and some people don't even absorb all the nutrients from the food mm -hmm. due to various things. So um, I agree with you. And I think like, you get that extra benefit of not having to digest, and it goes to your brain mm -hmm. um, to sustain you. And then also, um, I've noticed a pattern of like, you know, when we eat a lot and depending, of course, on the type of food that we eat as well, it kind of cuts us off sometimes from feeling our body or our intuition or that, you know, spiritual connection. Um, and then when we take the food away, that's when we start to really 
observe the body and the mind and it becomes an easier bridge to cross when you don't have all these like foods. And again, just depending on the quality of foods. floating mm-hmm. around. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's the quality. It's not the quality. It's what type of food you're putting in your body. Foods that are not causing inflammation for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just, have, each person is different. You just have to know what causes inflammation in your body. So. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your journey. Um, I think it turned into a little bit of a different conversation than I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting to be talking about pain and inflammation the whole time. I know, right? <laughs> but it was wonderful. And if you just have one more minute, I'd love to do a rapid fire round with you. Okay. All, All right. right. So what's your number one advice for someone to improve their quality of life right now? Sleep, <laughs> sleep, make sure you get enough sleep. Um, we always take that for granted, but it's such a big deal. Okay. That was important. Yeah. Um, number two, what do you like to do for fun? I'm a nerd, but okay. What do I like to do for fun? I like to travel. I actually enjoy traveling with my family. I'm going to see um, places and just awe and awe about the creations, um, what we've been blessed with. Yeah. Awesome. And finally, what's your favorite thing to eat or drink? Oh my gosh. <laughs> favorite <laughs> thing to eat is popcorn, hands down. Um, but I make mine. I'm, I'm, I, I got to the point, like, I had to start making mine so that I don't have all this extra stuff in it. So I make it, I make it clean. Um, so that's my favorite thing to eat. I can eat it any time of the day. Um, drink. My green juice. <laughs> yeah, my green juice. That's my favorite thing. Little promo drink. here. <laughs> A little promo. I don't, I don't drink, um, I don't drink soda. I, I, I love my water in my house too. It is really good. So, <laughs> so yeah, water, finding good water is good. Yeah. So, awesome. well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Can you tell our listeners how they can get to know you more and where they can connect with you? Yes, definitely. It's It's been a pleasure being on here. I've shared stories I did not intend to, but it came out. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me out. Um, I usually post almost every day on um, Instagram at Dr. Oke, D-O-C-T-O-R-O-K-E. I'm also on LinkedIn here and there, right? Um, Dr. Adela Oke, B-S-N-M-P-H from D-B-C-P-S. Um, and then, um, yeah, this you can't do so much. I can only do one thing at a time. So I just focus on Instagram and sometimes go on LinkedIn. Um, And then my um, business, um, Wellness Search, um, www.wellnesssearch.com, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-S-U-R-G-E.com. Yeah, that's my website. Um, I have a couple of help. Like I used to do a podcast too. um, So I have a couple of videos about that and some articles on there too. And then I shop. Great. So I'll have all those links up in the show notes so people can just click on those and get to know you. And uh, if they want to try out your juice, they can go ahead and order that plus your book. So yes, my book. (laughs) Yes. This opioid crisis. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a blessed day ahead and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was wonderful being on here. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. 
I truly hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new from it. I certainly get super inspired by the guests I have on. If the same is true for you, I'd really appreciate a five-star review on any of the podcast platforms and a shout out on social media. You can find me at my name, Dr. Marina Booksov, or at the tag at Raw Fork. So I look forward to connecting and I hope you have a great week ahead.